Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome once again to Top Stories. I am Andy Zaltzman and today's Delve into the Bugle Archives. We're going back to November 2009. Europe was looking for a president. Contenders were throwing their hats in the ring and the ring was not entirely impressed. But before they could be crowned, there was a little matter of the Lisbon Treaty. This is the Top Story from Bugle episode 94 with me and John Oliver. Entitled, Does the EU Really Want El Presidente Blair? Top story this week, and European El Presidente. Andy, the continent of Europe is about to appoint its first president, and what a job that is going to be, to preside over a continent which has twice attempted to completely tear itself apart in the last hundred years. The idea of the new EU constitution is that Europe becomes more powerful than the sum of its parts, much like Optimus Prime was more than just the various components of a truck. He was the leader of the Autobots, no less. Fact, what the hell are you talking about? Fact, well, Andy, what the hell? The, the aim for Europe is to become very much like the movie Transformers 2. Oh, I there's, see, right. Okay. There's, there's no real demand for it. It lacks any real substance. But even if it's terrible, as a business decision, it makes a kind of cynical, depressing sense. Now, the job doesn't actually exist yet. It will only come into effect when all 27 member states sign the EU treaty. And the Czech Republic is the only EU state which has not yet signed up. What is the Czech's problem, Andy? (laughs) This is the problem with the EU. You have to do things like pretend to care what the Czechs have to say. (laughs) All right, Adolf, calm down. (laughs) The impetus behind this stems from the fear that the world may be about to become a G2 nation with America and China holding all the power, and that Europe as a group, rather than a series of uh, increasingly powerless and irrelevant nations, may be able to prevent that. So, who is the best person to lead this merry band of self-loathing and mutual-loathing nation-states who share no common language and who generally can't stand each other? The front-runner so far seems to be Tony Blair, ex-Prime Minister of Great Britain, who, it seems, after being Middle East peace envoy 
is moving on. Presumably, <laughs> I guess, having brought peace to the Middle East. Yep, it's all fine. He There's just no... touched them on the forehead and it was all fine. <laughs> There's no way he'd leave a job unfinished. He only stopped being Prime Minister of England when he finished Britain. <laughs> it was done. He basically got to the kill screen at the end of Britain and the credits of Who Made Us started scrolling in front of his eyes. <laughs> Well, he was front-runner, John, but it does appear that it's becoming increasingly unlikely that he will become uh, King of Europe and President of the European Council because his hopes have taken a potentially fatal blow, John, and this happened when his successor as Prime Minister Gordon Brown endorsed his candidacy. Bang! Up in smoke. There's no way back from that for Blair. <laughs> that is the ultimate backstabbing by Brown. You, you say that because his other high-profile endorsement was from none other than Silvio Berlusconi. <laughs> wow! That is, to put it mildly, a double-edged sword. <laughs> Especially when you consider the list of other things that Berlusconi has publicly endorsed. Infidelity, tax evasion and fraud. <laughs> you really don't want to find yourself on that list. The problem for Blair, John, he's not been the most divisive figure in European history. Um, mm-hmm. No way. Probably not even in the, in the top two, <laughs> yeah. I would say. But, yeah. <laughs> but certainly not the top one. But he's not European enough for many on the continent. And he's too European for many of those who swim in the Eurosceptic tank. A few too many dodgy wars on his CV uh, for some as well. Probably a few too few dodgy wars on his CV for others. But the problem is, politicians can't be all things to all men, John. And recent developments suggest that Blair can't be anything to any man. When he became Prime Minister, he was full of talk about Britain joining the Euro and fulfilling our destiny as a continental power. And he never quite had the balls to put this to the British public, because the British public and much of the British media were always in the no camp, generally in a very reactionary TP. And when you'd ask them whether Britain should join the Euro, they would generally respond by saying, well, what you're really asking me when you ask me whether Britain should join the Euro is whether Britain should join the Deutschmark. The answer was no in 1941. It's still no now. Now get your baguette out of my face and leave me to eat my potato in peace. It's a strong point. But Blair supporters such as David Miliband argue that the EU needs someone with star power who could, and I quote, stop traffic in Beijing. Well, for a start, it's not hard to stop traffic in Beijing due to the fact that traffic in Beijing is pretty much permanently stationary. It'd actually be more impressive if the EU president could get it moving. And also, star power... Really, Andy, really. Is this how far democracy has come? You need to have been on the cover of Time magazine at least once. Being the president of a continent is not enough now. You need to have at least had a cookbook on the New York Times bestseller list too. And if you could sing and dance a bit as well, that would help. You're a triple threat. Elections are fast becoming closer to auditions. Hey, I'm Tony, and uh, I'm auditioning for the part of President of the European Union, and I'd like to sing for you Bed of Roses by Bon Jovi. Oh, God, I, I just assumed you were about to sing that for us, John. <laughs> I'm going to lay <laughs> me down in a bed of roses. Huge song, Andy. I mean, it is huge, isn't it? It, it is. Yeah, it's huge. I know I'm speaking to someone with knowledge of this, because you've got a Bon Jovi box set, haven't you, Andy? <laughs> Yeah, well, I've given it, John. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't go yeah, out but, and purchase it. But or why were you giving it, Andy? It. Because the two bands you liked when you were growing up were Bon Jovi and Boney M. <laughs> well, is there anything wrong with that, John? Oh, I know. guess it's you. Obviously, like some <laughs> alphabetically similar bands. <laughs> well, I started at the beginning. I didn't like Aerosmith. It's got to start with Bon. <laughs> <laughs> Just got stuck in the Bons. Yeah. <laughs> Never quite made it to Caravan. <laughs> 
But what is in this for Blair? Attention, mainly, and he loves attention. And it's, it's said that his body uses a unique form of photosynthesis to uh, actually turn attention into oxygen to power his body better. <laughs> That's why he can breathe for 24 hours underwater, but only if over 100,000 people are watching him do it. <laughs> I think Britain has, over the course of this decade, John, and largely under Blair's leadership, become more sceptical about Europe and, in particular, the, the Euro. In the early part of this decade, there was even an anti-Euro campaign video featuring the comedian Rick Mail as Hitler, which did seem to be slightly missing the point that the Euro was pretty much specifically designed to stop Hitler making a comeback, <laughs> or someone like Hitler. Maybe, maybe actually Hitler, we just don't know. He is probably still alive and well in Buenos Aires as we speak, managing the Boca Juniors football team or something. <laughs> Either way, it's probably fair to say, judging by his behaviour in the 30s, early part of the 40s, keeping the pound was not massively high on Hitler's list of priorities. The whole blitz, <laughs> planned invasion of Britain, blah, 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 that wasn't really symptomatic of a man who wanted the pound to have a rosy future. And although Hitler was, I guess, in way of a certain kind of European unification, he didn't really major on the progress by cooperation and compromise stick that the EU holds so dear. In fact, using Hitler in an anti-Euro campaign was roughly the equivalent of Help the Aged getting Harold Shipman to record a fundraising novelty Christmas single for them, or getting Donald Rumsfeld to support a truth-at-all-costs campaign. I did a gig uh, some years ago, John, yeah. in a place called Yatton in Somerset. Yes. Several years ago now, small town just southwest of Bristol. Kind of place that puts the <laughs> right off into parochial. And... <laughs> I asked them what they thought about Britain joining the Euro. Not only were they thoroughly antagonistic towards the Euro, but most of them were still making their minds up about the pound, hoping we might get some kind of pig-based economy. That was so much easier to understand in those days. You'd leave your front door unlocked and no-one would come in and steal your baby. Unless, of course, they were a wolf. It's also been said that Blair has Napoleonic ambition. But that's more real than you can possibly know, Andy. The Middle East peace ambassador position has been a front. He's actually spent the last few years assembling a vast navy of warships that he's planning to attack Russia with. Which well, is strange, because he'll have to use those ships over land. He's clearly, Blair the outright favourite, although he'll apparently have to defeat the other candidate uh, who's ready so far, Jean-Claude Juncker, the Prime Minister of Luxembourg. <laughs> it really would be fantastic, Andy, if Blair lost to him. <laughs> that was, what a gigantic upset that would be. It'd be like Usain Bolt losing to Luxembourg at anything. <laughs> Apparently, Jean-Claude Juncker is campaigning for the voice of small countries to be heard in the EU, to which the larger state said, Oh, yeah, that's terrific. You should definitely, um... Uh, I'm sorry, what was that he said? What was that? What was that? It's just, I think a truck went past while you were speaking. <laughs> so the Lisbon Treaty is uh, almost completed, John. That is another, another step towards the creation of the official single European body language. This continent's got a melting pot of magnificent bodily gestures, and soon... They'll all be merged into one, the Gallic Shrug, the Italian Preen, the Lithuanian Point, the German Handchop, the Danish Twitch and the British Bird Flip. We hope you enjoyed that blast from the past. To hear more of our shows and join the Bugle Voluntary Subscription Scheme to give a one-off or a current contribution to help keep our shows free, flourishing and independent, go to thebuglepodcast.com. <laughs>